everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Kate. I'm so glad to be back with you tonight and to introduce you to a wonderful new friend. Say hello, everyone, to Kiko Sura. Hello. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad that you're with us. I um, met I'm, I've met Kiko through our friends at St. John's Cathedral, and we're so happy to have you here tonight. Thank and, you. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. Good, good. And one of the reasons that we're so glad to have you here as, you, as we've reached the end of Pride Month is getting to know you a little bit as a chance for us to get to know more about um, uh, the trans community. Not that you speak for everybody, you speak for for yourself, for Kiko, and yet at the same time, I feel like your experience is gonna be really enriching for us. So thank you for being willing to come and share it with us. Oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Great. So first of all, um, uh, I'm wondering if you could share with us your pronouns. Yes, yeah, my pronouns are he, him, his. He, him, his, and, and also, uh, uh, for the folks at home, why is it important to share pronouns? This is something that I think that we're all learning right now. Yeah, um, it's important, especially nowadays, because I think we tend to assume um, someone's pronouns based on how they might look or you know present themselves when that's not always the case. And uh, it's, it's basically kind of like getting someone's name right. Uh, we just, it's just kind of a form of respect to uh, get their pronouns right as well. Got it. Okay, a form of respect, and um, and and just as we're sort of getting into the conversation, a little, a little work around defining terms. What does the what does the the term trans mean, and um, and also what's the difference between trans and non-binary? So uh, trans is basically someone whose gender identity doesn't really align with what they were assigned at birth. Um, and so in my case, I was, uh, born female, but, uh, I am a man, so I'm a trans man. Um, whereas in terms of non-binary people, they don't really align to either, uh, male or female. Um, they're just non-binary. Can you say maybe one or two more sentences about what non, about what you know about non-binary? Like, how does a person... Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so they don't really, usually their pronouns uh, tend to be they, them. Um, and they don't really identify as being a man or as being a woman. They, you know, don't really, they kind of, hmm, what's the best way to put this? They don't, yeah, I guess the best way to put it is they don't really identify as either or. Um, they are just themselves. I oh, that's hopefully that's give them poetic. justice. <laughs> that's great. Thank you for that. And and I'm wondering, would you feel comfortable telling us a little bit about your journey of of sure. uh, transition transformation? Sure. So um, my story um, basically started when I was four, and I actually knew that I was not really a girl like I got I always identified as a boy wanted to hang out with the boys did all the boy things um and you know once I got to college I learned what you know a train like 
being trans was. And that's when it hit me. It's like, oh, that's, that's me. Um, but my, my story is a little bit, so I kind of socially transitioned first before I physically transitioned. What that means is basically um, I'm originally from Texas and I went to college in California. So when I came out to California, nobody knew who I was. And then also um, I had the privilege of being uh, what we call passing. And what that means is that, you know, I even before I physically transitioned, I could pass as a man. I would say around, depending on where, 50 to 80% of the time. Um, so everybody from college onward just knew me as the guy, knew me by Kiko. And um, I didn't physically really transition until maybe three years ago. Um, but because the changes for me were very subtle, um, a lot of people didn't really notice. Um, <laughs> so this year was actually when I came out. I, I had come out to like very few close friends, like maybe a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh oh, frozen, huh? Um, um, yes. Am I back? Uh, okay. You... Sorry. Uh, That's okay. I can hear you anyway. Oh, good. Um, I think you're back. So I guess, uh, backing up for back? just a okay. minute, you said something really beautiful about how, um, even before, uh, you transitioned, you had the privilege of passing. Yes. And I, I just yeah. love your use of the word privilege there, you know, that, that you just, it sounds like you had this opportunity to live how, how you felt comfortable living. Mm -hmm. And you used yeah. the word luxury. Yeah, because it's it's definitely something that is not, you know, a, a lot of trans people don't have that privilege. Um, so they do have to physically transition before they can socially transition. Whereas in my case, that was that wasn't the case at all. Um, so I actually didn't start coming out to people till around three years ago. And that was only to like maybe five people. And then I actually came out completely and publicly uh, this year. <laughs> um, so I came out on March 31st is Trans Day of Visibility. And um, I work at a uh, digital media company uh, with a little bit of a following. And I thought it might be cool for them because they, they want to you know uh, amplify diverse voices within their company as well. So um, I, I came out on social media on March 31st to everybody. Uh, but before that, like January through March was just rapid fire coming out to all of my close friends um, and, you know, just telling them, even though the response I got for the most part was, uh, oh, no, we kind of figured it out. Uh, we just didn't want to <laughs> ask because we figured you'd tell us when you're ready, which was a very... Uh, respectful answer um and uh what about your what yeah. about your your parents oh yes uh, my parents so i came out to my parents also around two or three years ago um and you know i've always been like this so the the one thing though was uh when i started taking uh, hormones my voice did drop a little bit to the point where they would definitely notice so at that point, I was just like, um, I, I should let them know. And I told them before I was supposed to go home for Christmas. And uh, I had emailed them 
Um, so, and, you know, basically put a bunch of resources that they could look up if they wanted to. Um, and I didn't hear back. So I thought, oh, maybe they don't want me to come home. But then they reached out and they were like, oh, when are you coming home? And it's like, oh, what? And they were like, we, we, we didn't respond because we didn't know how to respond, but we'd like you to come home. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. And, um, you know, they, they were both very accepting, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and, um, you know, my relationship with my dad was actually the best it had been since I was probably a kid after that. Because um, I think everything just all of a sudden made sense to him. Um, and then with my mom, she was very quick about, you know, using the correct pronouns and, um, you know, calling me her son. So I, again, very, very lucky. Um, yeah. And then my brother, my brother's. That must have felt so good. It must have felt so oh, good. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Because I had no idea how they were going to react. Because um, they had said some things that were slightly homophobic and transphobic in the past. Um, but I think once they educated themselves on it, they were just 100% very supportive. So. Wow. Wow. They sound like awesome people. Yeah, I, I'm very lucky to have them as my parents, for sure. Yeah, you were about to mention your brother, I think. Oh, yes. Uh, and my brother with him, he's seven years younger than me. He's um, uh, like 20. He's in his 20s. So he he was just like, OK, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> makes sense. It was very casual. Like, it's like, OK, great. That was easy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, isn't that funny? Even se even in seven years, the culture's moving, right? The culture's moved mm -hmm. a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. So um, um, I'm wondering, uh, as um, a trans person, are there questions that you get asked that 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 feel disrespectful to you or inconsiderate somehow that people People, maybe people are curious and they want to learn, but they also kind of put their foot in it somehow. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a question that I've heard people get is uh, one big no-no is uh, basically asking where they are in their physical transition. So in terms of what surgeries they've gotten, uh, you know, what body parts they have, that that's a big no-no. Um, you know, and another one is basically um, uh, a lot of us have something called a dead name. And that's basically uh, a name that we were assigned to at birth uh, that we may not associate with anymore. Um, and, you know, it, a lot of people really don't like it when you ask what their dead name is or what was your name before your transition, um, because it could bring up a lot of, you know, pain uh, from their past um you know it, it could be quite triggering so you, we generally want to avoid anything like that or really anything that might be pre-transition if you don't know them you know everybody's a little bit different so people are gonna be okay with different things um right but if you don't really know them very well it's it's better to just err on the side of caution and assume yeah that, i'm also know. wondering if if being asked your dad name can feel like people are saying to you, what's your quote unquote real name when you know that your real yeah. name is your current name. 
right your name. right your name yeah. is your name not that dead name definitely yeah and a lot of people yeah that that's actually a solid point yeah it it mm -hmm. it, it, it does feel like someone's asking you hey what's but yeah what's your real name though you know i get that this is like your name now is like your nickname but what's your real name yeah it does kind of feel like that for sure yeah 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 um i was curious about um uh people that you know in the in the trans community um what their um transition um experience is like is is do you find feel like your experience is typical being four years old and knowing or it's, do you um, feel like, uh, if it's more often at an, a later age? Um, you know, it, it varies quite a bit. I think some people definitely do know at four, uh, from what I've seen. The people that I know personally, they actually didn't figure it out till quite a bit later. Um, so whether that was, you know, in college or in their adult life. Um, mm. And, you know, their journeys were a little bit different, too, because one of them, I know another trans man, and he thought um, he identified as a lesbian originally. And then he figured out, I think, oh, for him, it was after college, actually, he figured out it, it wasn't that uh, he actually did identify as a man. Um, and then I know another person who... Um, identifies as non-binary and they didn't figure that out till college um and then yeah yeah it's interesting when um when i was in college no you know no one talked about about any of this and so um it's so beautiful to me that um that people are are able to live their truth now more yeah. more so than before i'm sure you would probably say it could be a lot better you know <laughs> <laughs> well i think yeah we've definitely come a long way because um you know people are coming out at a more um more than ever i think just based on the platforms that are available like social media um but also because people are more accepting um and you know because even when i was in college um about 10 years ago uh it was still like people kind of threw the term around but mm. it was still sometimes used kind of in a degrading manner um a little bit mm. um and there were definitely moments where it's like i don't feel safe to do this and i'm sure there are still parts of the country where people don't feel safe to do so i'm sure um, that's true but um but uh but this is an ancient experience right i mean yeah new. so right right yeah it's it's been around for a while i i do know that um in indigenous cultures they have um something called two-spirit um which is akin to um I, I believe it's akin to the trans experience, um, you know, where you have two spirits, one of, you know, either gender. Um, I'm still learning quite a bit about this as well, um, because, you know, even though I am trans, I, uh, I actually 
tried not to learn too much about it because there was a bit of, even though I've known since I was four, there was a definitely self-rejection and a little bit of, you know, I was basically rejecting myself on the inside and, you know, basically opting not to do my research until pretty recently. Um, but I think that's, that's why visibility like this, what we are having now is so important is so people can feel okay with accepting them for who they are and, you know, not being afraid to look into it, you know, the trans experience and stuff like that. Um, if that's what they identify with and, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm struck by what you said. So little, little four-year-old you or eight-year-old you or, 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 or 15-year-old you, it, it sounds like it was, it was, you were, you're saying that, that you weren't entirely, um, well, again, I mean, you were talking about not lo looking into the history because there was some kind of negative self-talk or something. What, what did you just say? Yeah. Uh, basically just self-rejection essentially just, um, didn't, yeah. Why would that, why would there be self-rejection? Well, I think when, you know, you're not, there's something that's not considered normal at the time. Um, cause you know, there, there was a whole like tomboy thing, but I knew that wasn't it. Like, yeah. cause that was still a girl who was just kind of boyish. Um, and I knew that's not what I was. But at the same time, you know, it's like, well, you're different. And, you know, especially as a kid and a teenager, you, all you want to do is, you know, fit in. And then also uh, I come from a Japanese household. Um, so for part of that culture is not wanting to disappoint your parents. Um, so that was another factor. Um, and basically that kind of leads to a lot of, self-hate um which you know you kind of have to like i i you know i was able to work through uh through college and then you know as an adult it's like totally fine now but mm -hmm. i think that's why there is unfortunately a fairly high suicide rate uh in the lgbtq plus community but you know a very big uh percentage in the um trans youth community as well um that's so. extremely heartbreaking mm -hmm. Isn't it? yeah that people would just feel like there wasn't a there wasn't a space for them to be who they are yeah and it's and, not um, a place to be who they are mm -hmm. and so um you know it is uh quite embarrassing for me sometimes because i sometimes i feel like i'm a little ignorant <laughs> of you know <laughs> certain things in the uh -huh. trans community I, i'm i'm still learning too um but i think i think that's what this whole process is for you know everybody is just kind of learning and um you know learning that about all these different you know communities and uh, everybody's journey yeah and and it sounds like that's maybe what was so exciting for you about March of last year, right? That wasn't that oh. when you said that you, that that sort of coming out moment. 
Oh, March of this year, actually. Oh, it's yeah. this year. Oh my gosh. It, it was this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very <Okay>. recent. <laughs> Very recent, I know. Okay. Yeah. So so that that sort of official, something official about that maybe. Yeah. And you know, it honestly felt like a huge weight lifted off Did of it? my shoulders. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Because it's it I was definitely it felt like I was keeping this huge part of me inside to, towards 90% of the people that I knew for so long. Um, you know, and there, you know, there's definitely a fear behind it too, even though, you know, I live in LA, I, you know, work in a pretty progressive industry that um, is accepting of a lot of people like of different walks of life. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I guess just growing up in a time where this wasn't completely accepted, um, there's always a fear of, oh, well, what if I lose friends or what if, you know, my parents disown me or uh, what if I lose my job um, or what if I get like all these hate comments on social media, which is, you know, a thing too. Um, but um, I think that's why I waited for so long uh, to come out was because I it took a little bit longer for me to be secure with who I was because um, I had the external support, but I didn't have the internal support. And now that I do, um, that's why I think this year just, I don't know, I decided to come out and it, it was, I don't regret it in the bit. Uh, I don't regret coming out. Did the pandemic have anything to do with it? Did the experience of the yeah. pandemic here have something to do with it? Definitely. Um, so my 2020 was uh, a little bit interesting. So uh, before the pandemic, it, uh, my mom actually had a stroke in January and she survived, fortunately. But then in February, my dad got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And in March, he passed away from cancer. Oh. And then the quarantine happened, lockdown happened. Um, and so it really kind of like all those things lined up, uh, kind of really forced me to reanalyze my life. Um, and especially because I had an idea in my head, cause you know, I had been out to my parents at that point, I had an idea in my head, what kind of man I wanted to be, uh, you know, to show them. And I wasn't there in time. Um. So, you know, it made me think, well, what, what can I do now, um, given this situation? And I think with quarantine, a lot of people, you know, everybody had a lot of time for self-reflection and, you know, realizing, you know, the mortality uh, that we're faced with every single day and that we can't really control when we go. Um, so for me, it was just like, well, I want to be living the most authentic life you know, as possible. And, um, you know, and my work, um, oh, and also with, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, um, you know, a, a lot of things just kind of opening my eyes to a lot of the world that I was kind of blind to, I think. Um, yeah, just woke me up to like, okay, this is what I, need to do and I, I think I'm I think I'm ready now.
Um, yeah. and, and I it think was a year of, it was a year of, of truths, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah. I, you know, how when I hear you tell the story of, 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 of this past year, the way that it, the way that I hear it is that you, um, what you did by coming out, it's, it's a tribute to your dad in a way, because, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. wouldn't he be so proud for you? Doesn't every parent at their best want their children to be fully who they are, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, I don't know. I just think that's, I think that's, that's beautiful. And, and not only that, but you became a Christian this year, official, an official baptized Christian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So lots of changes. How the, how the, did that come up during the pandemic too? <laughs> it, it did. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what, how I found St. John's online again. I think, you know, cause I had gone there five years ago. Um, okay. so I had a friend who worked there and she was like, oh, you should, you should come, you know, check it out. Um, and I remember whenever I did go, I, there was something that grounded me and it felt like I was home kind of, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, because I was, I started tuning in when lockdown happened digitally and, you know, listening to you know the sermons and watching the services online, I just was like, I, yeah, it just made me want to officially be baptized because I, there was a calling for me to, and there, there had been other things that had happened in the past where I felt that there was someone, you know, looking out for me or guiding me and I couldn't really explain why. Um, but I just, you know, contacted Father Mark um, after about six months, I think, of watching digitally and was like, I, I think I'd like to be baptized uh, at St. John's and then um, just joined the formation class in um, June. Uh, so, oh, so last, last, like, yeah, it's been a month now. Yeah, mm -hmm. got baptized there. Wow. What about, you know, most people are baptized as babies. I was baptized at the mm -hmm. age of, um, 23 in Korea, actually, oh. I was living there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I remember it awesome. vividly. And I always think it's so lucky when we get to be baptized as adults because we can mm -hmm. be fully cognizant of the experience. Yeah. What was it like? What did it feel like being baptized as an adult? It, it, I mean, it was a big decision. I took it as a very serious decision. Uh, which is what Father Mark encouraged from the get-go uh, in the formation class. But once I committed to it, I think there was something that was in my heart that was just kind of telling me that that was like the right move. Uh, very similar to actually when I came out, like something deep inside was telling me, yeah, this is the right move. Um, and That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. in, and, in Christian language, right? <laughs> right, right. So beautiful. And, um, while yeah while the process was happening it was just like you know just happiness you know uh joy and then afterwards it was just like i just felt very serene and very like yeah just very happy isn't it the best those feelings those times in life when you feel so strongly that you're being led 
and guided mm-hmm. into into new life of one kind or yeah. another are just the best um, experiences. I mean, it's almost like you really you take your hands off the wheel, you know, and and mm-hmm. and you're and you find yourself in these in these um, moments that you almost couldn't have even imagined. I mean, that's that's how I how I experience it, and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really happy for you and I'm really happy for, um, for, for the church, the church and, and it may, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but you may be, uh, here in this diocese, uh, the first maybe, or one of the first people who, um, baptized not by their, as you use the expression dead name, but mm-hmm. as your true name now, is that right? Do you think that's possible? I, I think it might be, yeah. I I'm actually not sure, but that that I mean, I I believe it. And if that's great, that's a great that's, claim, that's claim to fame, right? Yeah, so, yeah it's a great better, honor. Maybe you'll sure. get a plaque at St. John's. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, cool? definitely a good honor. I love that church. It's uh, so like, beautiful, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's a very gorgeous church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um. Um, I can't remember if I asked you this at the beginning of the of the conversation, but did we talk about the difference between gender identity and sexual orientation? Oh, uh, that's no, we another, didn't. That's uh, another yeah. definition I wanted to get to tonight yeah. because I think that's something else that people probably could use help understanding. For sure. Um, so gender identity is basically how you identify as, you know, male, female, non-binary, um, stuff like that. Sexual orientation is um, the gender that you're attracted to, so or genders in some cases. So it, it could be like straight, gay, um, bi, pan. Um, that's, that's sexual orientation. So usually people have both. Um, they have a gender identity. So it, it, let's say uh, I'm a trans man. Um, and then they can have a sexual orientation, um, which in my case, I'm pan. So I basically, uh, regardless of the other person's uh, gender identity, uh, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, and in other cases, let's say, uh, you know, you can be a cis male. So cis male means um, you were born a man at birth and you identify as being a man. And then you can also be pan as well. Um, so it's uh, everybody, yeah, has both a gender identity orientation, um, or they can gender identity, gender identity is how you identify as opposed to um, your uh, assignment at birth, right? Uh, gender identity is how you uh, basically just how you identify. Yeah, it could be in relation to how you identify uh, in regards to in relation to uh, birth. So yeah, cis male versus trans male uh, would be, uh, they were born male, identify as male, versus trans man, which is uh, born female at, or assigned female at birth, uh, but are identify as a man. Mm-hmm. So it's assigned versus identify, identifying, identified, right? Uh, for I'm sorry, for, for which one? <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I think I understand it. Um, um, the gender to which you're assigned at birth is one thing, 
and you might, and it might be that that is correct for you in your life. And it may be that it's not correct for you in your life. Right. right and then right. your identity exactly. is what's correct for you. Is that right? Like what's your right. truth? Exactly. Your true yes, identity. Your, like, what, is, like what is your true identity? Like mm -hmm. You're a trans man. So that's your true identity. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not the only one who, who needs to learn this. So it's really, really helpful. Um, um, okay. So I, I have another question. Um, and that, um, and that is, for um for families with young children yeah. you know so this would be a family family's more like how it was for you at a very young age right except imagine that it's a family these days and their child comes to them and and says that um well i'm not exactly sure what the child would would be able how the child would be articulating it but maybe they would say um I don't feel like I'm a girl or I don't feel like yeah. I'm a boy. Um, mm -hmm. um, what would you say to parents in a situation like that? What kind of advice would you give to them? I think, well, first and foremost, I think that the fact that their kid came up to them to begin with is very beautiful because that means they trust their parent a lot um, and feels like they, the kid feels like, you know, they could go up to the parent for, anything and open up to them about anything which i think is a very strong uh parent child connection um and uh i think you know i would recommend not you know i i, I just recommend listening to the child because you know like i said from my experience i knew when i was four and i think it helps having a parent being there to listen and to support them and to guide them through it as the kid is figuring it out and you know figuring out what the best you know process is for that child um because every every child's going to be a little bit different and you know th thankfully there's you know thanks to the internet there's a lot of great resources online for parents of trans youth as well um where they could research you know all about gender identity um you know, processes like transition processes um, and stuff like that. Um, so I think, yeah, the key thing is just, I think, to listen and to support. Um, yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe implied in what you're saying too is just to relax and, mm -hmm. and, and keep the conversation going and keep the listening. Yeah. Because I think the most, dangerous thing is for the child to feel you know suppressed and not be able to trust their parent anymore and you know that you know and feeling isolated and feeling like they can't go anywhere um and so i think yeah just yeah. to listen and support yeah that's that would be that would be so hard that would be very very hard so um so you were mentioning that there are resources that the parents could draw on. Are there some resources that you can recommend for us um, uh, that um, that we can use to educate ourselves? And I'm not able to see the chat tonight, whereas I usually am. But um, I'm thinking that maybe Justin, you could put these in the chat if you have any suggestions for us, Kiko. 
for resources, oh, sure. uh, resources to learn more? Yeah, um, I really like um, the Trans Wellness Center is a really good one. And the LA LGBT Center also has a lot of good resources as well. Great. And they probably have websites that we can visit and yes. learn more. Yeah. Okay, the Trans mm -hmm. Wellness Center and the LA mm -hmm. LGBT Center. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, here's another question. This is kind of a, I don't know, this is a little bit of a philosophical question, but I'm wondering, would you say that is trans, is it a destination or is it an ever evolving kind of a process? And then I guess so, I would have to ask is anybody's identity a destination or an ever-evolving process but but i'm asking it for you as a trans man yeah i think it is an ever evolving process um just because you know especially after coming out i realized that there were a lot of while i was suppressing the fact that i was trans i was also suppressing other facets of my personality um and so i'm realizing those aspects of me now and also you know even talking just about gender like how um like pr how i present myself like and it's it's just learning it's a you know ever ever changing ever learning and i'm sure you know it's not just stationary either i'm sure there is some fluidity uh in it as well especially to some people because um, there are definitely gender fluid people as well who um, identify as you know a certain gender identity or maybe non-binary, but they they ex they like to express themselves to um, what is considered, I guess, in a societal sense, masculine or feminine um, drawness. Um, so I think there's so many little different aspects of it that it's just an ever evolving ever learning process um for everybody especially because i do think there are societal norms um that you know that affect how you think you should present yourself and i know i that was me as well so you know i i knew i was tra a trans man but i thought i had to be this macho masculine you know dude when in reality it's it's like have to be dude. <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's okay to like fashion and stuff like that and it's you know things that are considered i guess more on the feminine side and then it leads to the question what is masculine and feminine anyways it's just kind of yeah so it leads to this kind of rabbit hole of deeper questions and i think at the end of the day it's just figuring out what makes each individual happy what makes me happy and um you know just moving in that direction yeah you know um one of the early church fathers irenaeus said that the the glory of god is humankind fully alive and and i think we glorify god when we're our most authentic selves and and that and that's a journey right that's a journey for for um for every person with their gender with their gender mm -hmm. identity and, and and so many other aspects of identity like you said it's all connected right and that mm -hmm. that your your trans journey was 
was unlocking other parts of yourself too, right? Yeah. Fuller expression of a fuller expression of you. Um, and also culture moves as culture moves, mm -hmm. not as quickly as we would ever want, but as it moves, then more things become possible and imaginable in our lives. Um, I mean, for instance, women, you know, gosh, when I was, when I was a kid, the roles for women and the things women could do were restricted. And now mm -hmm. all these years later, much less so. Um, but for my daughter, even much less so. So it's, yeah. So, so even, uh, in my experience, it's, it's also true that it's, that it's evolving along with the culture. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the culture is evolving along with us. I mean, <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so what are some ways if we have a trans person in our lives, what are some ways that we can um, and be supportive um, to them? This is sort of similar to the parent-child question, I think, but but more um, in the adult world. Yeah, I think, you know, just kind of treating them like any other person, I think is, is the biggest thing, you know? And it's just, cause you know, at the end of the day, uh, person's gender identity is just one part of their, you know, being. And right. there are so many other parts of, you know, themselves too. So um, I think, yeah, just getting like, for instance, with what's been awesome with my friends is that even after I came out, it's literally no different. Like you would have <laughs> never known that anything big has happened this March. Um, and I take that as a blessing because I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we just, just want to feel like we belong. And the best way to do that is just to, you know, act, like they're just like any other person, I think. Mm. So that sounds good. And is there? And I'm wondering, it's sort of as a um, as a way of of wrapping up our conversation tonight. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you would like to say to us tonight, some an idea or a thought or an insight that you'd like to leave us with. Oh, um, well, I'm just I'm very grateful to be on here because I think the biggest way to understand um you know certain communities is just to listen to the stories of and like you were saying at the beginning my story does not you know everybody's story at, at all but i think just you know meeting somebody of a different background and of a different experience um you know leads to empathy towards that group uh which would sometimes be otherized in a certain sense and um you say did you say otherwise otherwise yeah otherwise um, yeah. yeah and um yeah. i think i think yeah the best thing is to you know get to know everybody um and i i found that to be so true in my case especially when i came out to my friends back home in texas where like i was the first trans person now that they knew of and um, a lot of the things that they had believed beforehand um, are no, like they know that's not true. Um, like there's a lot of unhealthy, um, you know, 
misconceptions about trans people, like how, um, you know, some people think uh, like we're like pedophiles or like perverts and, you know, stuff like that, which is why all the bathroom bills are a thing when really, like, honestly, in the bathroom, we just want to be invisible and just get out as fast as possible. <laughs> um, like we do not want to be seen, um, especially because, you know, if we're not completely transitioned, it's it's difficult because it's like we might get beaten up in the men's room and we might get beaten up in the women's room. So it's it's yeah. um, it's one of those things where, you know, when you when you get to know somebody truly from any experience, you realize that a lot of the, you know, misconceptions that people have are just not true. And I think, you know, that's the best way to learn to love you know, mm -hmm. all of God's children, I think. That's the best way. Well, thank you so much for giving us the chance to get to know you a little bit tonight. It's been a real pleasure, a real pleasure. Yeah. And and I think that you're, um, you're my favorite new Christian. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so um, blessings to you, Kiko. And... Um, Thank and thank you all for being here tonight. I'm sorry I couldn't get to the chat. I For some reason it was disabled, uh, but um, I hope we got to all of your questions anyway. And I hope you all stay safe and I'll see you again soon. Bye everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs>